Hey, what is up, guys? Welcome in to the Cincinnati Reds Fan Podcast. I appreciate you guys tuning in. My name is Jordan Biddle. I am your host. The last time I had a podcast, it was Season 5, Episode 2. This is uh, Season 5 still, Episode 3. Last time we talked, or I talked, was um, when we were talking about McLean's debut uh, I'm talking about uh, Brandon Williamson, which, you know, I was uh, uh, his MLB debut. I was completely wrong about. So uh, I take uh, uh, full responsibility about that one. Uh, but uh, after that, he has been great. He's He's been um, really shaky. So I believe that um, I was partially right and partially wrong with that one. Um, but you know, we, we, we've seen some decent stuff from Brandon Williamson. His last start uh, was okay. It, it, I mean, the stats were, uh, I mean, I guess better than what they looked, I guess. Um, uh, and that was that was in the uh, Kansas City series, I think. I'm trying to find his um, his pitching line here. I think it was the second game. Let's see here. So, yeah, he, he had uh, five innings pitched. You know, I'd like to see more strikeouts. One strikeout, three earned runs. Not too bad. Typical five-starter stuff. Uh, I would take that any day of the week from a five-starter. But the thing is with me, uh, the Reds need a left-hander so bad uh, in this bullpen next to Alex Young. Um, I think that the Reds should look at the deadline, look at some, uh, starting pitching, whether it be, uh, Dylan Cesse, which I think should be their number one target. The, 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 the White Sox aren't doing too well. They're, they're, they're looking to, uh, have a rebuild, rebuild, uh, season. They're 30 and 40. Um, the White Sox are 10 games under 500. They, they don't look good at all. Um, this year, uh, but we'll see what happens there. It, it, I mean, if, if if we're going for a guy like Dylan Sesse or Sesse, whatever, however you pronounce his name, um, you're going to be looking at some top prospects here. Like, you're probably looking at a guy like Edwin Arroyo or Noelva Marte. Now, would I do a Noelva Marte for Dylan Sesse straight up? Man, that would be really hard. That would be so dang hard because Noel de Marte, I mean, he's a, he's a top 30 guy, a top 100 prospect, uh, or top 30 prospect in all baseball is what I'm trying to say. And, you know, Sese is a really good pitcher, but, God, Noel de Marte is just tearing it up. It's really hard. Now, Something like Edwin Arroyo, which he's still going to be extremely good, right? And a guy like Austin Hendricks, like pair those both together with Sese. I think I'm gonna do that. I, th- I honestly, I think I would, um, I would do that uh, move. But I think Sese is definitely a guy that the Reds should be looking at. He's only 27 years old. Uh, you know, once 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 he gets over to the Reds, you know, extend him, 
uh, right away. He's not having the best season, so his scenery, the, the, the change of scenery could be really good for him. Uh, last year, he had a 2.20 ERA through 32 uh, games start. Uh, started 184 uh, uh, innings pitched um, and 227 strikeouts, you know, just casually. Uh, this year, not so great, but, you know, not awful. 4.31 ERA. I think it's just, you know, the clubhouse in, in, in Chicago. Um, it's not it's not the same as it was a couple years ago, you know, when they have t- they had Tim Anderson coming up and, uh, you, you know, guys like Eloy Jimenez, which he's having a decent season, I believe. Uh, guys like Yuan Moncada down there. I mean, the, the White Sox were at the, the tippy top of the prospect. Uh, like, they were expected – to win a World Series by like 25, 26, uh, probably earlier than that. But it just hasn't fallen the right way for the White Sox. Um, in fact, their, their, their farm system isn't the best right now. They're, they're, it's, they're just not known. Uh, their number one prospect being Colson Montgomery. Um, he's, he's 21 years old, um, and he's in double A batting 146. That's, uh, that's worrisome. So I think that the White Sox are going to tear it down, uh, this season and, and something else I want to talk about in a minute, another team that's going to tear it down probably here soon, which is extremely important to the Reds. But I think that the Reds should 100% go after Sese. If they can get a good deal for him, great. If they if they if they don't have to, uh, you know, give up a top prospect for him, for him, even better. Um, but I'm not I'm not training anybody like um, like Cam Collier is out of the question for me. Obviously, Matt McClain, Ellie De La Cruz is out of the question. I think Marte and Arroyo, Chase Petty, Brandon Williamson, Connor Phillips, like those guys. They're in the conversation for the Reds to give up, um, you know. But I, I, I would really be hesitant to trade uh, Noel V. Marte because, man, I tell you what, in Double A, hitting two ninety three right now, just tearing the cover off the ball currently. Um, you know, his last ten games, he's batting two ninety five. So whether the Reds want to trade for a starting pitcher, they would have 100% have to uh, sign Dylan Sesse right away. Unless the White Sox already signed him. Let me, let me actually, let me check real quick. Okay. So Dylan Sesse signed this year, a one year $5.7 million contract with the Chicago White Sox. So listen to this. Okay. Let's 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 do this. So Hunter Green, okay. So Dylan Sesse is a really good player. Hunter Green signed a six-year, fifty-three million dollar contract. What if the Reds, as soon as they traded, say we traded Arroyo and another prospect like Austin Hendricks over to the White Sox? Now those two guys are decent prospects. Austin Hendricks could blow up at any moment. He hasn't yet. He has. We haven't seen the power we've liked. We have liked to have seen from him, but he could blow up easily, any day, at any time, whatever. But say we do get Sese, 
Hunter Green signed a six-year, $53 million contract. The dude is going to be making almost nothing compared to what he probably will be making by the age of 30. Okay, so he's 20, I think 23 years old. He's making a million dollars this year, three uh, and 24, six and 25, eight and 26, um, 15 and 27, and 16 and 28, and then a club option for 21, uh, for 2029, for 21 million dollars. A hell of a lot of money. But what if the Reds did this? What if they said, hey, Sese, look, we know you're making it almost six million dollars, okay? We're going to give you a little bump. We'll give you $7 million. We'll give you $21 million, okay, for three years. Give him a little bump, $7 million. Give him and an, an, tell him, listen, you know, we want you here in Cincinnati. We want you to be a part of the championship squad. It's here. We're ready. We're young. We're ready to go. Sese is only 27 years old, so he would be in his prime in those three years. I believe Sese could be our ace next to Hunter Green, Lodolo, Abbott, and Ashcraft. I mean, that would be a killer, a killer rotation. Now, if that doesn't happen, if the Reds can't get a pitcher, we got to go into free agency. We have got to get, um, you know, a guy like, Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray is a free agent next year. Whether he'd come back to Cincinnati or not, I don't know. Right? But I think I think Sese would be a huge. I mean, especially for this year, too. I mean, people say, well, we don't want to give up any of our prospects. Listen, guys, listen to me. Please. We still, even if we were, even if we were to get a guy like, um, or, or, or get rid of a guy like uh, uh, Arroyo, or even uh, Noel de Marte, we still have a fantastic farm system. A fantastic farm system. I mean, one prospect isn't going to kill us. Okay, we have the draft. We have a, a top seven pick in the draft this season. We still, if we were to get rid of, just straight up, if we were to get rid of Noelle Marte, okay, he was our third base prospect, but guess what? Cam Collier is a third baseman. He replaces Noelle Marte. You have, you can replace Noelle Marte. I would, I would prefer not to get rid of him, but if that means bolstering the Starting pitching, giving us an extra starter, starting pitcher that can go five, six, seven, eight innings and save the bullpen, we have got to do it. This Ben Lively, uh, and I like Ben Lively, he should go back to the bullpen. I think he should stay on the squad. Absolutely. This, this, but, but, you know, he needs to be in the bullpen. But this, this, um, what's his name? Uh, I, I don't know why I'm blanking on him. Uh, Luke Weaver, bullcrap. I'm, no offense to Brandon Williamson. He's not that great. He should be in the bullpen. We have got to fix this problem. This year. We can't. I would prefer not to go next year and sign a 33, 34-year-old 
uh, you know, vet. I want it to be young. I want them to be young. It has to be young. I mean, just imagine Lodolo, Green, a guy like Sese, um, Ashcraft, and Abbott. I mean, guys, you can't get much better than that type of uh, rotation. Ashcraft as your fifth man? Are you kidding me? I mean, there's, there's, uh, Ashcraft has been struggling. Yes, he just lost his grandma. Have you ever lost somebody close to you? It's not easy. It's not easy to lose somebody close to you. You go down into a rut. You go into this dark place. He needs some time. I promise. Ashcraft is going to 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 uh, uh, come back and be strong. It's just the way Ashcraft is built. There's no way this guy, uh, Ashcraft, came into the league last year by storm. You know, posts uh, some good numbers. Yes, he had some horrible games, but he had some great games at the same time. He only pitched 19 games. There's no way he came in, pitched good, and then and then came back. I mean, his first three, four, five starts were fantastic. Were, were great. But then his grandma died. After that, his ERA has exploded. It exploded. And it sucks for the guy. I feel bad for him. But we need to give him some time. We cannot worry about Graham Ashcraft and, and you know, uh, his last uh, few starts. You just can't worry about it. Um, so he's got some great stuff. I think he should add a pitch, like a changeup or maybe a sinker or something. Because, you know, his cutter and his slider, kind of, it, it, it goes the same way. So it doesn't fool the batters. You, the, the the balls that he, he is pitching, it's going it's going the same way. So it's kind of like Hunter Green. His is a fastball, kind of tails right, looking uh, looking at the batter, and then his slider obviously uh, goes left. But Graham Ashcraft has a cutter that goes left and a slider that goes turns hard left. You know, it, it just doesn't, to me, he needs something. He needs a ball, two-seam, four-seam, change-up, I don't care what it is, to, you know, have a little bit of a, a right um, slide to it. Um, and I'm really horrible at explaining what I'm trying to talk about here. But, listen, Graham Ashcraft is going to be fantastic. He'll be fine. I'm not worried about him whatsoever. So, but anyway... Enough about that. I think I mean, my final my final um, word about what the Reds should do at the All Star break is get a starting pitcher. Getting get a starting pitcher, whether whether it's Dylan Sesse, you know, whether it's uh, Shane Bieber, which that's probably a really long shot with with the Guardians. Get a starting pitcher. We have to have another starting pitcher. We cannot survive without it, and we can't go into the draft. Yes, I believe they should get a pitcher in the draft. But we cannot getting a pitcher in the draft, you have to wait 2 3 uh 2 or 3 years before the guy is up in the major leagues, maybe even longer. Depends how good the guy does. So um That's just my final thoughts on uh the the um 
the deadline, the trade deadline. Um, and that's all we need. You know, our bullpen's been great. Uh, I don't know what the uh, update is on TJ Anton, but if we get him back to full strength and if he's pitching really good, uh, not to mention we have, God, what's his name? I don't know why I'm blanking on him too. We have a guy who just went down to AAA for um, a rehab assignment. Tony Santion. Tony Santon's coming back. He's he's on his rehab assignment. Senzel's on his rehab assignment. Bado's on his rehab assignment. CES is coming up soon, you know. But if we uh, can get TJ Anton back up and 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 really going here, oh, that would be great. So I don't know. Um, Let's see, uh, Cincinnati hosts uh, October 2023. We'll begin throwing next week. So April 12th, April 12th, so January, February, March, April, May, June. So th- this guy's been throwing for two months. His a- his elbow's feeling great. He will resume throwing next week, Was on which was on April 12th. So he's been throwing just regularly throwing for two months there remains no timetable for when the 29 year old reliever could rejoin cincinnati's bullpen but it is certainly it, it certainly is a step in the right direction hmm i hope he i hope he comes back this year uh so that that sounds like that it's iffy that he comes back but if he does it just adds on to this, this uh killer bullpen that we have uh currently led by Alexis Diaz and, uh, you know, a guy that I've really, really been in, uh, impressed with, and uh, Ian Jabot, um, been pitching since 2019. I mean, uh, 3.06 ERA, just fantastic, fantastic stuff by Ian Jabot. And, and you know what? His career hasn't been awful. It hasn't been awful. Uh, you know, last year, last year uh, in 2020, he, he wasn't great, but – he found he found his groove, um, you know. I, I'm not I'm not really worried about uh, Ian Jabot right now. He has great stuff. Just looking at the way that he pitches, just fantastic, fantastic stuff. And the year before that, he had a four point five zero ERA, and honestly, that's not horrible. It's not it's not ideal. It's not ideal, but it's honestly not that bad, man. You know, um, but. I think he's really pitching. I'm looking at his numbers right now. 34 innings pitched last year, and he had 48 strikeouts through 30, 34 innings. This year, he's pitched 32 innings, and he's only got 26 strikeouts. So, to me, what it sounds like with Ian Jabot is that he's pitching for more contact. Just get the guy out. Get him out. Whether it's a strikeout, whether it's a uh, uh, you know, a, a ground ball, pop fly, it does not matter. Get him out. That's what uh, Ian Jabot, I think, is is really changed with his game. But anyway, so since I've been gone, two prospects for the Reds have been called up, and, you know, you guys are probably tired of Ellie Day Little Cruz. I was at the first game. He caught called off, and it. I'll tell you what, the energy in Cincinnati, and it was only about, I believe it was like 24,500 fans, which is a, was a lot of fans 
um, on a, I want to say it was a Wednesday. Was it a Wednesday? I believe it was a Wednesday at seven o'clock. I had to work that night. So I was, I was really, uh, pushing my boundaries there, but I didn't care. I had to be, um, uh, there. And it was a Tuesday night, even worse, but 24,000 fans for that game, Ellie De La Cruz was just unbelievable. If you guys haven't seen him, you you can watch him on TV and be like, wow, that's, he's really good. You have to go there, be there and watch this guy play guys. When he hit the ball, I have never seen a ball hit so hard in my life. Unreal. When I saw him run, I've seen Billy Hamilton run before. And I'm telling you right now, he's faster than Billy Hamilton. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But that being said, I'm really liking... Uh, the way Ellie De La Cruz has been playing. And his speed, power, his ability to, to play defense at an elite level is just completely different. He's different. So uh, he's been struggling uh, the last three games, which honestly was a really big surprise to me because the pitchers that he were he was facing weren't good. So it makes me wonder. So the Reds play today. I'm recording this at 3.30 a.m. on Friday, June 16th. They play the Astros tonight at 8.10 p.m. So (laughs) it makes me wonder if he hits balls better against better pitchers, if that makes sense. I don't know. Because in the Dodgers series... And the Dodgers series, he was fantastic. He played really good. He got he get, I mean, he uh hit balls off of Gonsolin, off of uh uh or Gosselin, whatever however you pronounce his name, off of uh Syndergaard. He had a hit off of Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, yes, it was in the infield, but he still ran it out. It was a hit. Who cares? The guy was hellish for these these uh these uh teams. He it was it was unfair. And then he goes to KC and goes, I believe it was 0 for 12 with one walk. Not good for L.A. Dave Cruz the last three games. But nevertheless, he's still impressive. If he doesn't do good on the offensive side, he's good on the defensive side. That's why L.A. De La Cruz is so special. And um, I, really, I, I really hope that he picks it up here soon. Um... So we don't have to send them back down and do something dumb. I don't think they will, but uh, let's hope they don't. Um, another guy I want to talk about, which he is pitching today, is Andrew Abbott. My God, I've been talking about this guy for uh, a while now. And uh, he was picked the same year in the second round behind Matt McClain. And boy, did the Reds hit on two phenomenal players. Let me tell you. Uh, 11, uh, 11 and, and two-thirds innings pitched, 10 strikeouts, two games pitched, two wins, zero ERA. He's been fantastic. I mean, 
there's there's not a better way to start a major league career. Um, and his the, the the game that he pitched the last time uh, the 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 St. Louis game he gave up five hits and three walks, which was his his rougher game. The the thing that he really stands out to me right now for Andrew Abbott is his walks. I really I would really like him to get those down because he wasn't in the in the minor leagues he wasn't known for his walks. I think that, that that will be fixed and once that is fixed he will be become even better. So listen, this this Houston series is so important for the Reds. You know, Friday Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Houston. Then they come back home and play Colorado for three games. If they can beat Houston two out of three games and then get Colorado back at home Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, oh, my God. This could be a fantastic thing for the Reds. But after that, they got a tough series, Atlanta and then Baltimore. And, uh, you know, San Diego is okay. Um, But, my goodness, these next couple, these next few series is going to be very uh, testy and uh, for the Reds. So we'll we'll see what happens. But they are uh, playing really good baseball, and I hope they continue uh, to do so. They're only one game back of first place because the Pittsburgh Pirates have lost now three games in a row. Milwaukee has lost six games in a row. St. Louis has lost five. Chicago's hot, won three in a row, but there's nobody hotter than the Cincinnati Reds right now who have won five in a row. Hopefully they can keep it up tonight against the Astros and uh, the starting pitcher, uh, I believe it's France, I believe, J.P. France, uh, who is a decent pitcher, not bad, more of a contact um, uh, a contact pitcher than anything. But hopefully we can um, get a dub against him. I expect a big game, and I expect the Reds to be hyped about this game as well to come into Houston and, and hopefully – Hopefully, get a sweep. But I doubt it. We'll see. If they get a sweep, dude, I'll freak out. I will freak out if they get a sweep. We'll see. Anyway, uh, thanks, guys, for tuning in. Uh, I appreciate you guys' support. If you guys uh, have any questions, just hit me up at jbids37 on Twitter. I don't know why I get this mixed up all the time. I'm not on there very much. But, uh, yeah, jbits37 on Twitter um, if you guys have any questions. If you do, you know, it would be fantastic for you guys just to give me a message or, you know, at me at something, and I'll answer your question on the podcast. Thanks, guys. I'll see you next time.